What's up, everybody? This is Miles Turner, the Indiana Pacers. You're listening to the Pacers Podcast. Be sure to follow at Pacers on Twitter. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Pacers Podcast, the only Australian NBA podcast with a bias toward the Indiana Pacers. Coming from a mixed week, two wins and two losses, some unexpected results this week overall. We kicked off the week with a win against the Celtics at home. We then split uh, a a two-game road trip to Orlando uh, and then finished the week losing to arguably the worst team in the league, the Detroit Pistons. It's been a really weird week. Alex, I, I just I was just saying to you guys, I've just watched at least highlights of all four games this afternoon just to kind of refresh my memory on the week a little bit. And we are exactly what a young team should be, wildly inconsistent at all times. That's Yeah, that is literally what I was going to say. I mean, that Celtics game, you saw the highest of the highs and then we were down by like 18 against the Magic at one stage. You're seeing the lowest of the lows, right? So... That's what you're going to get when you have a young team. I mean, a bunch of inconsistent performances. Uh, so, yeah, it's what you expect. And it's funny, isn't it? Because we were talking about how we all three of us were really worried about this stretch, especially you, Justin, and, and rightfully so, that, you know, we were playing the worst teams in the league. We have the second easiest schedule, I think, at that point. But thankfully, we picked up some losses. Uh, and it kind of balances out, right? Like, yeah, we beat the Celtics, but we also lost to the Pistons and Magic. So the tank didn't get hurt too much. It was, yeah, I think for the lottery odds, it was it was a good week. I think also for, I don't think any questions are answered, Justin, as to, you know, who we go with next year or, or who the answers are. But I do have a new question, and that is, does Malcolm Brogdon cramp our style? Like, the okay, I'll ask that a different way. <laughs> Brogdon had 23 shots against the Pistons, and... Tyrus Halliburton had eight shots against the Pistons. Uh, I just don't want to live in a world where that's the shot distribution on this team at any point in time. We just sold our best player, traded our best player, our two-time All-Star for Tyrese Halliburton. We didn't trade for Halliburton to play second fiddle to Malcolm Brogdon. So, you know, is Brogdon being back a little more trouble than it's worth? It's a great question. And um, it's funny because Carlisle actually said after the Detroit loss that we need to get Tyrese more shots. There's no way the, you know, quote unquote, he's the face of the franchise now, you'd say. You, you can't be having eight shots. And and look, that's not all to put it on Brogdon. That's, you know, Tyrese is sometimes too passive. He needs to be more aggressive. But I do agree. We, we can't be having Brogdon um, shoot 23 times a game and, and Halliburton only eight. I, I will say, though, I'm, I'm following this storyline as we did around the trade deadline and the, the quotes Carlisle's punching out about Brogdon, I, I, he is gone. Like, after that Detroit game, it was um, it was like, oh, yeah, he's our best two-way player. Like, Malcolm's, Malcolm's magnificent. I was like, oh, my God, like, he did this with Sabonis. He yep. did it with Levert. Yep. Um, so yeah, all pace fans, I'm sure are laughing, like when they see these quotes after the game about Brogdon, but, um, yeah, we, the good thing about this current team is, and I'm sure, I don't know if you two agree, maybe I'll throw back to you, Adam is even when they lose, I enjoy watching them a lot more than I used to. Well, there's hope. I think that's the, you know, the, 
there's no expectation to win these games. So we're going in just making sure or wanting a no injuries, which we have a, we've unfortunately had a couple of injuries. Duarte's missed some time. Goga's missed some time. Brogdon's obviously in and out and will continue to be in and out of the lineup for the rest of the season. But more importantly than that, for the guys that are on the court development and, you know, seeing how they gel well together. I mean, Jalen Smith is a guy that we've talked about privately all week as it sucks that this guy's option wasn't picked up because I'm not sure that we'll be able to afford him this season. We, we have to put a couple of questions to our resident capologist, Tony East about whether we can renounce his rights rights and sign him into cap space or something. But right now he looks really good. He can like how, how weird is it? Alex to have an Isaiah Jackson, Jalen Smith front court, two guys that can catch a lob that can hit an outside <laughs> shot that, you know, aren't the best defenders yet. They're still young, um, but athletic dynamic offensive players that can do a couple of different things. It's a really weird position to be in. What are you, what are you talking about? Adam? Didn't Jalen Smith go like Oh, from 20 the other day and have 20 turnovers and <laughs> give up a hundred points on the boards. Oh, no, I'm just joking. But uh, yeah, you guys know, I love Isaiah Jackson. It's funny, isn't it? Like, I, I, obviously, we don't know the stats for this. I don't even know if somebody keeps track of this. Would you guys agree that Isaiah Jackson has caught more lobs this season than any player in franchise history? Uh, <laughs> am, uh, yes. am I crazy? Yes. No, you're like, not crazy. I, I genuinely think that's a real stat that he probably has, which is insane. He's played like 25 games, but yeah, it, it's fun. It's exciting to have young guys. I mean, as Justin said earlier, right? Like when we were losing at the start of the season to like the third string Nuggets, that was depressing as hell, right? Because our main guys were playing and we were expecting to win. But now, like, Isaiah Jackson has five blocks and that's fun. Uh, you know, you, you see some good things from Smith and Halliburton every game. Like, it, it's fun to watch for individual performances more than anything and seeing the the good signs from the the young guys that we have. And probably the best sign that I've seen is, is Halliburton's abilities down the stretch. I mean, you know, the, the Orlando win... Um, was was an example of that. But Justin, when you talk about a franchise cornerstone, you want a guy who can be there at the end and can score buckets. And Halliburton has shown pretty good signs that he is, I guess, thinking that way. He's looking to attack late. He's looking to be the guy that wins the game for the team, which is exactly what you want when you've invested so many assets into him. I mean, it's not to say that we won't get another draft pick a high draft pick this summer that will also have that mentality but it's good to know that you at least have one guy that thinks that way and and plays that way yeah for sure and you know indiana as an organization and the fans that have been begging for that they've really haven't had a main player like that since reggie miller and yeah that's crazy to say because i don't classify paul george's clutch you know granger hit some big shots jermaine o'neill hit a few game winners even Brogdon had that Brockton had a really good stretch in the fourth quarter, I think in his first season with the team, but after yep. that fell off. And, you know, you can throw Oladipo in there as well. Um, but yeah, they've all had just little moments. You, you, you can't say Pacers have had an extremely clutch player since Reggie Miller. And, you know, that's highly concerning. I, I've, you know, we've all said for years, you know, I got to the point I started laughing when Pacers were going to go for a game winner because it's either a five-second violation, a turnover, like something yep. ridiculous. You know, Jeff Foster used to take mid-range shots for the win, <laughs> and I just I 
crack up laughing. So, um, yeah, hopefully Halliburton can be that guy. I know, I know that's that's a lot to put on his shoulders, but if he wants to be the guy to you know bring paces back to the playoffs and winning in the playoffs, which this franchise should be, then he's going to be the guy uh, making big shots. But yeah, it's exciting times. I I, I don't know. I'm I'm just can can someone can someone provide Sacramento a win? <laughs> We're all on this tankathon. Like they are losing. They lost today to Dallas without Luca when they're up double digits. I mean, Adam, we don't want to throw shade on a pacer that's just not traded, but it we got to they talk don't about want it. to do, do they? We got to talk about it. I mean, look. I'm, I'm not going to trash Demonis Sabonis. He's a good player. He's a multi-time all-star. What I am going to say is what I've said all along on this show, which is I'm not sure that you he you want him to be your best or second best player if you're trying to win basketball games. I think he is a solid second, third, fourth best player um, if you want to be a contender and Sacramento want to contend for the play-in. And they can't even do that with De'Aaron Fox and Demonis Sabonis. They're you know, they're a good 2K team. They're a good on-paper team. Um, they're a good fantasy team, but they're not a good basketball team. And, you know, Domas is doing what Domas does. He's putting up big numbers and he's not winning basketball games. I'm sorry. Like, that's that's what happened here. I, I'm, you know, I, I said I wouldn't throw shade and I'd probably just throw <laughs> massive shade at the guy. But, I mean, I, I just... I don't, I, I've never got it. I won't get it. I, you know, I'm not saying I told you so, but I'm saying that my belief still holds. Like, I don't think you can be anything with Demonis Sabonis, particularly with a guy like De'Aaron Fox beside him that also can't shoot with modern basketball, the way that modern basketball is played. I don't care how many rebounds he gets. If you can't stretch the floor, if you can't be dynamic, if you can't defend then, Alex, you're going to find it very, very difficult to win basketball games. Well, it was always the the conversation, I feel like, at least, in Indiana was, okay, if we're going to succeed, if we're going to build around Sabonis, you have to put, like, four shooters around him. Or, four or shooters least... and defenders. Guys that can yeah, yeah, defend yeah. their position super well and shoot the basketball, which is hard to find. And I think that outside of Justin Holiday, who they obviously got in the trade, I think it was, like, Harrison Barnes was their leading three-point shooter at, like, 33%. Yeah. And again, like Harrison Barnes is in a similar boat, right? Like very, very good NBA player. Starter level is going to give you numbers on every second night. But when you pair, again, like you kind of said there, when you pair guys who struggle immensely in the same categories, it's going to be a recipe for disaster. I don't know. But for me, I, I struggle to judge these trades until we see what happens next. Like, I don't think the Kings are done making moves. Who knows what they do in the offseason? I don't think the Pacers are done making moves. So. You know, it's probably one of those ones we, we look back on in a year or two and, and then have a, you know, more in-depth discussion about it. Yeah, I mean, to lose to, to Dallas without Luca is uh, is pretty bad. Um, and they even lost to the Pelicans, who haven't been setting the world alight either. I mean, maybe I've been too harsh, Justin, but I just, <laughs> I, I never got it. I still don't get it. And it's one of those things where we're seeing the same kind of numbers, but unfortunately the same result in Sacramento as he had in Indiana. And he certainly doesn't have 
particularly with the injuries that Indiana's had, he certainly doesn't have a less talented team in Sacramento than he had in Indiana. He's got De'Aaron Fox. He's got Harrison Barnes. You know, Justin Holiday was was right there beside him in Indiana. Maybe that fifth starter spot um, isn't quite as good, but, you know, he's got a a series of role players in DiVincenzo and Davian Mitchell and Trey Lyles and those sorts of guys that can all play and, and were probably on the level of the guys that we were starting earlier in the season and last season when Miles was injured at least. But, uh, yeah, I, I just... I. I kind of want the Kings to do a little better um, because I want Domas to succeed, but I also just kind of don't see it happening. No. And, you know, Alex, we spoke about it today about their history of draft picks and, um, yeah, how much players have squandered on. They could have Steph Curry, Damian Lillard, and a lot of other stars in the league. I think Giannis as well. But, um, yeah, you can't say paces, you know, the whole national media say Pacers won this trade with Halliburton and Sabonis. And I agree with Alex, you know, we're not going to know who won this trade for a year or so. Sacramento could pick up a player and make a playoff run next year while the Pacers are mediocre for two or three years. And, you know, Kings are going to look good if that, if that happens. But um, yeah, for some reason that franchise just can't really get over the hump. They can't really succeed, but um, yeah, again, just obviously happy that trade went through for the Pacers and, um, yeah, I suppose the reason we're talking about Sacramento Kings is because if you're a livid or avid Pacers fan, I mean, you would be if you're listening to this podcast. You're probably all, all aboard the Tankathon. Um, and the Pacers, unfortunately, haven't been able to separate themselves too much, <laughs> even if they've been losing. But the Spurs and the Kings keep creeping on our tails for that fifth spot. Um, I've given up on OKC, guys. I, I've, I've cleared them off my list because... They've got so many injuries. I think Giddy's probably out the year. Um, Aaron Wiggins is out. They're, they're done. Like they they won't win more than the Pacers win from here. So um, if Pacer fans, I mean, us three are probably all over this. We message about it every day. Uh, <laughs> if you want anyone to lose, it's the Spurs and the Kings. Win, win. You want them to win. win. Go win. win. Yes, win. <laughs> Need them to win. Uh, look, I think um, the... The one thing that you can guarantee with this this team is that they're going to give it their everything the rest of the way. The players that are on the court are not going to take a backward step. I think um, we need other teams to finish with better records than us uh, with the knowledge that we'll probably go, you know, maybe 500, maybe a little worse the rest of the way. So we need those teams to go 500 or a little better the rest of the way. We need the the Sacramento's and the San Antonio's and the Portland's to win as many games as they lose, because we've got, we've only got a couple of games on each of those teams. Um, and we don't, you know, we don't want to advocate uh, terrible losing at the same time. The whole fan base does not want us to win these remaining, you know, the majority of these remaining games. It's a very bizarre place to be, particularly as a Pacers fan. Um and, you know, you don't want players to try any less hard or anything like that. But um, it would be better for us if we got a high pick, regardless. I think the the lottery odds have obviously flattened, I think, to the bottom five uh, or bottom six. So as long as we can stay in that group, then we've got, I think, a very similar chance at a top three pick as everyone else. So it kind of uh, 
is uh, is advantageous to be in that group. Once you start getting to six, seven, eight, nine, then you you present yourself with very, very long odds to get anything close to a top pick. Um, so ideally, we stay in the bottom five and and we shoot for the stars, which will be a very weird time on lottery night um, at the mm. moment. I I also want to say that the Boston game, for example, I think I want to see a couple of those to end the season. I'm I'm quite happy for. Well, not quite happy, but I'm I'm not going to be sad if we lose to the Detroit's and Orlando's of the world. Um, but if we can mix that with beating a good team, then that's even better for me. It, you know, the signs that that shows of being able to knock off anyone at any time, in those victories, you will see who our future is, I think. And, you know, the Boston game, obviously Halliburton, uh, was probably the the clearest example of a guy that you could say was you know our future um, in in that that particular win. O'Shea Brissett, twenty seven points. Our man Alex, he did it again. I mean, you know, you you can see a couple of the guys on this team know their role and play super well. Um, I mean, I I even think that Brissett. He's why he is wildly inconsistent as well, but I think he is a chance to start next year if we don't pick up a power forward. I don't know that we've got a better option on the roster right now that is contracted for next season. Hoops fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. I'm talking between the legs 360 windmill good. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take your shot at a big payday. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Basketball Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TBPN. Bet just $1 on any NBA team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code TBPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 plus minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for full list of requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Void where prohibited. Minimum $5 deposit. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the TN red line 1-800-889-9789. In Connecticut, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org org slash chat. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. Yeah, well, it's actually kind of interesting because the top three in this draft class are all power forward slash center. True. So yeah. probably, a, probably a good thing for the Pacers since we have basically none on the roster. But, you know, I, I, I was I asked you guys this question and I'll ask it again to get a more in-depth answer. But we, we talk about the last like 20 games of the season and I know we've talked about sitting Brogdon and whether Warren comes back or Miles comes back. I wanted to ask you guys, like, I'm genuinely lost. I really don't know what to think when I when I ask this. Which of those three, if any of those three, will be on the team next season? And you can add Buddy Hill to that list as well. I know he's a newer pacer, but those are guys to me who uh, I just, like, I, I could easily see it going both ways with almost every single one of them, right? Justin, you first. You've got a pretty strong opinion on this, I think. Well, I'm so torn on Brogdon. Was that Brogdon, Warren, and Turner? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And even Buddy as well. And Buddy. I mean, 
we'll talk about the three long-term paces first, yeah. Brogdon, Warren, and, uh, and Turner. It's such a good question, Alex. Like, I, I reckon if you ask Pace Nation, everyone would have a different opinion. And the, it's so difficult. I guess Warren, it's like, what what's the price to keep him? I think out of the three, if you want me to not sit on the f- fence, which I really do, is <laughs> I think Turner's the highest likely to stay. Um, I think... I Brogdon, I'm so torn on. I do not know if he's going to be a pacer next year. There's part of me that thinks he's gone because we've got Halliburton, but there's another part of me that I think Carlisle and ownership might want his leadership. Like, just, just to, it depends. You know, if they want to make the playoffs, right? Like, they might yeah. be going. Oh, we need Brogdon instead of a younger guy. Yeah, yeah. That, that veteran presence, like. Oh, They've traded so much, you know, Sabonis and Levert, giving away Brogdon as well. It's kind of like a fire sale. And I know that's what we're going through, but with Herb Simon's comments, you know, about Pritchard, he can rebuild on the fly. Keeping Brogdon, he's kind of, he's done his rebuild move, I guess. There's still other moves to be made, but yeah, I'd say, all right, I'll go one, two, three, four, highest to lowest. I think Turner's most likely. Then I think, oh, Jesus. Then I think, uh, Warren <laughs> Brogdon, that I think Buddy Hield will go to a contender. Yeah, for me, I tend to agree on Turner. I think your point's well made, Alex. In that the the top three projected picks are power forwards, and depending on which power forward we draft, if we get a top three pick, that will determine if we keep Miles Turner if if he's the right fit next to that player. Um, I think I don't think, put it this way. I don't think the team will have any hesitation in trading Miles Turner if he is not the right fit next to a top draft pick. Um, I think if they uh, get their hands on a guy that needs a big body like a Stephen Adams type beside them, then they will have no hesitation trading Miles Turner and getting a big body center, um, a big bruising rebounding center next to that guy. Having said that, um, Turner tends to fit with most players. Um, probably he would need to be beside someone who has strong rebounding because that's the area of the, his game that he hasn't improved over the past six years, seven years. So um, I think I agree that he's probably the most likely to stay. Um, just getting back to your point from earlier, Justin, Carlisle's comments on Brogdon make me think that he is the least likely to stay because Carlisle talked up Karis LeVert constantly throughout December and January and leading up to the trade. Every opportunity Carlisle had to talk up Karis LeVert to, to say how well he was playing and how well he fits in and etc. He took that opportunity every single time. And then as soon as they could trade Karis LeVert, they did. So the fact that Brogdon has come back and Carlisle has said that he is the leader, the best two-way player on the team, vital, you know, and using all these, these ways to describe the guy. And he happens to play the same position as the guy we just gave up a two-time all-star for. I, I can't help but think that he is the least likely to stick around. I, I happen to think that Buddy Hield is probably second on that list behind Miles Turner. I think 
Um, I get the sense that the team is pretty impressed with the way that he is playing. And I, I think he has a really unique skill set. I mean, if you get blown away with an offer for Buddy Hield, of course, go for it. But I, I tend to think that he's on a really good contract. The Pacers love paying less money for players that are outperforming their contracts, so they'll be more than likely to keep that guy because he's he's on a on a that descending salary scale. And TJ Warren, I, I just, I just don't know. I mean. Heading into the season, uh, if he was coming back from injury, I was ready to give him like a $20 million deal because of his bubble play, which is now about 18 months ago, if you can believe that. I mean, uh, if he does come back, it's for very similar money that he's on now, $12 million on a one-year prove-it. Like I can't see any other outcome. I can't see another team in the league wanting to give him multiple years for that kind of money or even around that kind of money with the fact that he hasn't played since Orlando bubble. I mean, Alex, I, I just, I can't see a team committing to that. Yeah. The T, the TJ one is so sad to me. Like, as, as you said, you know, we were talking about him being one of the most paid free agents this summer. Like it's a pretty weak class to be fair but he would have been one of the most sought after guys as an unrestricted free agent. And now, yeah, he's kind of in a similar boat to Oladipo and even to Marcus Cousins a few years ago with the Pelicans. He was going to get a massive deal, did his uh, ACL, and then hasn't gotten money since, right? So yeah, it's sad that it takes one injury sometimes for a player's career just to, just to dip so much. But I could even see them giving him a two-year with a team option in the middle. The pace is like having flexibility like that. So Maybe they do something similar. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I think I'm with you guys. I think Miles is the most likely to say. The only thing I will say is that he, the fact that he has a one-year deal kind of puts that in the air, right? Like <clears throat> the way Isaiah Jackson's playing, does do they view him as a starter next year, right? Like I think that's a genuine question they will have to have themselves uh, this offseason. Yeah, I think Halliburton, Isaiah Jackson is the future. You can see the chemistry building already with the alley-oop dunks and the players are setting together. So that, that does bring up a good point, Alex. And yeah, just my last remarks on TJ Warren is, man, I feel bad if he's rehabbed hard, but I couldn't think of anything more idiotic and stupid for him to play in a game this season. Like, honestly, what sense does it make? Like the Pacers are trying to, trying to, well, they're not trying to lose, but <laughs> we we don't want him to win. What's his floating TJ Warren out there for the last six games of the season, risking getting injured again? And then, you know, his career, if he gets injured in those final six games, his career is on a crossroads, you'd say. Um, this whole TJ Warren thing has made no sense to me. I guess it must, this is what, like we got told he'd be back in December and then January. <laughs> and now it's what, March? And Wait. like, Weeks, Week, not months, yeah, boys. <laughs> yeah, weeks, not months, we got told in like December. And now he's like just started one-on-one training. I, I feel like this is what Pelicans fans would feel like with Zion times 100. <laughs> it's it's a bit ridiculous. I mean, don't say weeks, not months. Don't say anything. Say the timetable's undefined. We're really not sure. Um, I think probably trying to drum up support for the team and positive positivity around the team that, you know, 
when we were struggling. But I mean, TJ Warren hasn't played in two, almost two full NBA seasons. It, like, but Alex, to, to Justin's point, does TJ Warren want to get out on the court for at least one game to show teams, prospective teams, that he's still got it? Well, that was a couple of thoughts that I had. It's like, yeah, firstly, TJ probably wants to show that he's still an NBA player because he hasn't played in so long. Yeah. But uh, but also even, you know, for Kevin Pritchard and Rick Carlisle, maybe they just want to get some data points, right? Like I know Tony East loves his data points, so shout out to him. But just getting like five games with Halliburton and Warren, do they fit together? Do they play well together? You know, maybe, maybe they want to do that. But it's funny because we talked about it today. I could see the Pacers doing that and then going on some absolute like mm-hmm. Mickey Mouse five game win streak at the end of the season and dropping from fifth to seventh in the odds. Uh, Alex, sorry, can I just add one more player to your rankings on who's going to be here, who's not? Where do you place Ricky Rubio? <laughs> <laughs> Number one, boys, bring him back, sign him to the max. We've got 26 million in cap space. Use it all on Ricky Rubio. Your boy. Wow. That's uh that's a first episode joke there. Um, <laughs> we're like 101 episodes in, and that's uh, from the very Shout first out to one. anyone that gets that, by the way. If you've listened to this podcast for like three years, you'll understand. <laughs> yeah. You were so I mad. I can't believe he's a pacer. <laughs> yeah. You were so mad at the prospect of him potentially. My jersey's coming in the Sorry. mail. Don't laugh, please. Yeah. <laughs> that would be the best jersey purchase. You with a Ricky Rubio Indiana jersey. <laughs> All right. And uh, what, d- Sorry, just quickly, Adam, have we shouted out Tristan Thompson's um, tribute <laughs> post to the Pacers? Because that was elite. He didn't give one to Sacramento. <laughs> no, please, please. Well, Sacramento, well, at least we let him go to somewhere that he wanted to play, I guess. I, I, no, like since social media's come in with Instagram and, and Twitter, you know, yeah, a star player from the Pacers either gets traded or leaves. You always see a generic post, but that Tristan Thompson one, that came from the heart. Like he meant that. I, I just laughed so much. I did, like when we got Tristan Thompson, I just thought, eh, buyout option. I messaged you guys during a game saying, am I the only one who doesn't mind Tristan Thompson? Like he I was, cra- was crazy. Yeah, man. He, I just love people who can rebound because Pacers rarely have, you know, good. That's why I loved Andrew Bynum. There was that one game he showed like flashes. I reckon he got like 24 points and 14 rebounds one game or something. And I was like, yes, like this guy is a beast. And um, <laughs> yeah, try to cut everyone off there. But I just, you got to shout out Tristan Thompson's love to Indy, right, Adam? It was really heartfelt. I mean, it uh, it seemed like he really enjoyed his three and a half <laughs> weeks in Indiana. It's uh Probably, I think he had a picture for every week that he was on the team that he posted <laughs> to Instagram. So, yeah, shouts to Tristan Thompson, a beloved pacer uh, forever. Um, okay, so this week uh, we have two upcoming games over the next, let's say, four days. Uh, Washington, we are at Washington, and then we are at home for Cleveland. Washington, very weird team around our level maybe a little bit better than that. They're at 28 and 34. We're 22 and 43. They're chasing Atlanta for the play-in. You would expect us to drop that game in Washington, even though, you know, their best player is injured. Paul Zengis is playing, which is good. News for Tankathon fans. 
great, good news. And then we're playing the six seed Cleveland Cavaliers. So the question is, we own their pick. Do we want to win that game or do we want to lose that game? No, nah, we want to lose it, boys. I'm actually getting worried that they might like make the play mm-hmm. and then somehow get the nine seed and get the 14th pick or something. And then we That'd then we lose good. the pick. That would that would not yeah. be ideal. That would not be ideal. Um but it looked really intriguing that Cleveland could potentially be giving us like the 19th or 18th pick um, if they keep yeah. going in the direction that they're going. They've got Darius Garland back now. So they're, you know, he's he's obviously uh, potentially a cure to their woes, but Boston's playing well. All the teams above Cleveland are playing well and Brooklyn will come at some point over the next couple of weeks when Kevin Durant comes back and they will fight hard to, to get out of the playing tournament. So, you know, Cleveland right now could be in the playing tournament. I, I can't see them passing Boston, Chicago, Milwaukee, Philadelphia, or Miami. And I can't see them finishing higher than Brooklyn. So there's a very realistic chance that that second first round pick that we own is, is in the 17 to 20 range, which like Justin, that's a huge win because all of a sudden you package a contract, you package the 17th odd pick and you package that 31st pick and you're looking at a lottery pick and a second lottery pick. 100%. And I know, Alex, you've been all, all over this Cleveland pick with watching him. I think, yeah, what was it like 23 to 24? Now it's dropped down yep. to 19. So, yeah, it's, it's great news for the, uh, for the Pacers. But I've said along, I and Adam, you just mentioned it then, I, I don't think the Pacers are going to use that pick. We've got too many young players. So, yeah, if we can package that. It, my thinkings is I could just got a gut feel. I don't know. Gut feeling is we're going to package that Cavs pick to move up in the draft to get the third or the fourth pick. Um, knowing the pace is like, yeah, the draft lottery will probably slide back to the seventh or eighth slot. But, um, yeah, I can't, like you said, Cavs, Cavs will probably be in the play-in. Um, but, yeah, it's exciting times. The league's in such good hands right now. Like, no one can predict who's going to win the NBA championship this year. No one. You, no one can. Like, it's such a good season this year. There's about eight teams who can win it all. Um, and, yeah, I just got to shout out John Moran. I've been watching him lately. Sorry, I know Pace's podcast, but he's been a beast to watch. Yeah, he's been unbelievable. I think um, we can all appreciate when a guy makes the, the, the leap up to be in the top sort of 10-ish players in the league and – you know, I think I can recall when Kevin Durant did this early in his career and that was really super exciting. Um, sometimes it creeps up on you and all of a sudden the guy is unbelievably good. I remember when Jason Tatum almost did it and then he's just kind of fallen off and plateaued since, but he threatened to do it a little while ago. If Jar can maintain this, then he is in the top 10 players in the league. I mean, it, there's you can't argue that right now and that's the uh that's the the weirdest part i mean look the the current state of the the west is a really uh interesting one because there's only what five games separating between uh the third seed and the seventh seed so you know that uh that playing tournament is uh is going to have a really really good team beating the uh, lakers or the clippers for uh for that eight for that seventh spot um, and probably the Lakers because they stink. They're terrible. Shouts to your brother, Justin. All right. We've been the Paceroos. Uh, we will see you again after the next couple of games. And hopefully we uh, improve that lottery position, but also play well. We're trying to 
sit on the fence. Have a good weekend. Thanks for listening.